Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Andrew Boyd. Isn't this a good place to be? Come on. Sandra, you gave such a brilliant word there. Wow. That's so exciting. Really. Quality of the people in this room. Wow. Goodness me. A little quick guzzle. Okay, are you ready? Because yeah. God's going to do something this morning. Are you ready to receive? Because you're going to need to receive it. You're going to need to agree with one another in prayer over it. And you're going to need to live it out. And God is a God of breakthrough and he is going to break through this morning. If that's what you want, that's what he's going to do. So Father, we thank you, Lord, for a spirit of revelation and freedom. We thank you that you love to pour that out. You love to open our eyes and open our hearts. And we thank you and we proclaim and we release from heaven a spirit of revelation, Lord, so that we may know you better. Amen. Amen. Mm. If I don't put the lid on that, I'm going to kick it over. I just know that's going to happen. (laughs) All right, excellent. So... The theme this morning is leading a next step life, which is living as a worshipper in the workplace. Now, this may be more than you imagine, okay? So are you ready for something that is more than you imagine? Because when I started looking into this, I thought, wow, Lord, what are you saying here? Because this is so exciting. So let me just ask you, how many people here have ever wondered whether you should quit your day job to go full-time for the Lord. Can I see a show of hands? If you've ever wondered whether you should quit your day job to go full-time for the Lord, okay? Okay, that's a few of you, all right? Here's another question. How many full-time ministers have we got in this congregation? Okay. I think one or two of you are sensing a trick question in this. And one or two of you are right, actually, and I'm going to prove it to you. Listen, a minister is a servant. Now, we get the notion that government ministers sometimes seem to lord it over people. Well, we need to pray for them and never against them, okay? But a minister is a servant of the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Lord means master. Sometimes when you're praying Jesus is Lord, just swap that word out and start saying master because it just puts a bit of a different complex on the whole thing. Jesus is Lord and Master 24-7. So we are his servants 24-7. So we are all called to be full-time ministers of the Lord. Yes? Yes? Got it? All of us are. If we know him, if we love him, and if he's Lord, that's the calling on our lives. The idea of having just a few special ministers suggests that only a few things are holy, but everything else just falls short. That's completely wrong. That is totally, totally unscriptural. There is no sacred, secular divide. No sacred, secular divide. Divide. There is no difference between the holy and the ordinary. Everything is holy to the Lord, and I can prove it to you. Zechariah 14, 20 to 21 says, When the Lord returns, this is what we will say. On that day, holy Lord will be inscribed on the bells of the horses. That's pretty ordinary. It'll be inscribed on the cooking pots in the Lord's house. And like they'll be like the sacred bowls in front of the altar. Every pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord. You can't get anything more ordinary than pots and pans. But when the Lord is revealed in his glory... This whole earth is filled with his glory and the ordinary is glorified. How many ordinary people we got in this room? God is glorifying us as he reveals himself so that we can speak and live for his glory on this earth. Wow. God's purpose throughout the whole of scripture 
has been to begin something small and particular and spread it out across the entire earth. The Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was a place of great beauty. A place of, well, I'm imagining, okay, but just indulge me a bit. It's a place where the trees are wonderful. I went to an arboretum the other day, perfect time of year for going to an arboretum. Beautiful colors, the leaves on the trees. In Eden, you've got beautiful trees, a huge variety, wonderful flowers, wonderful shrubs, brightly colored birds, beautiful bird song. You've got a great garden. And what did God say to man? Did God say to Adam and Eve, okay, I put you in this gorgeous place. It's wonderful. Now I want you to go out across the entire earth. I want you to find anything you can find anywhere that is really lovely and really gorgeous and make sure you bring it back here. I want you to stuff this place with things of great beauty. Even if you have to strip the rest of the world bare and turn it into a wilderness, this is going to be a great garden. That's not the version I read. It's quite the opposite. God says, this is fabulous. Go take it and spread it everywhere. Go out. Go out and turn this entire world into an Eden. Turn this entire world into a garden. From Eden to the whole earth. Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Go out. Be blessed. Go out. That's always his heart. Abraham was declared to be the father, not just of a nation, but of many nations. It begins with a people and it spreads from that people to be a blessing to the entire earth. This is God's heart. It goes from the Jews to the Gentiles. Now, God has never given up on the Jews. Thank you, Jesus. He will restore them. He's going to come back and they're going to go, wow, that's our Messiah. Fantastic. But his purposes, and they're very clear there in the Old Testament, are you begin with a particular people. You begin with a peculiar people. I'm looking around this room. You're wonderful, but you are peculiar. And I know you're looking back at me and saying, and so are you. Yeah. We're called to be a peculiar people, but we're called to be a people that God blesses and it goes out. So it went out from the Jews to the Gentiles, and now it goes out from the church to the world. The Great Commission, go into all of the world and preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. It begins in the presence of God, in the throne room of God, and it goes out. It goes out. It goes out. It goes out. And the calling on us is to go out. And you know, sometimes I really wonder why when I look at the church, why do we put so much emphasis on bringing people in? When actually it's all about going out. God is inclusive. But he's not bounded by a garden. He's not bounded by a building. He's not bounded by a nation. He's not bounded by walls. It's the whole of the earth that his heart is for. Why? Psalm 24, 1. How are you doing there, Emily? You on it? Oh, she's on it. That's great. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Every human being on the face of this earth belongs to the Lord. They just don't all know it yet. And that's our job. Psalm 72, 19. Praise his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. This is always his heart that everything, everything, everywhere is filled with this sense of his beauty, his love, his majesty, his glory. Every good thing comes from God. And God just wants to give it away because he's love. So it's our job to pray as Jesus prayed, to see the kingdom come, his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Is there just a little garden in heaven where God is glorified and the rest of it is just a wilderness? Of course not. Heaven is filled with his glory and the whole earth will be 
filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, our eyes need to be open to the glory that there is. There's much glory. Our eyes need to be open to it. So, we're talking about the workplace. Work and worship. Genesis 2.15. The Lord God put the man in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. See, this was a place where God was. God walked with them in the cool of the day. I don't know what that is like, but it sounds amazing. It's a place of worship. It's a place of astonishing, breathtaking beauty. But it's a place of worship. And it's a place of work. Some of us have got the notion that work came in because of the fall of man. The work came in because we'd sinned and God punished us by sending us work. Well, hold on a minute. Can we have that verse back up again? Genesis 2.15 is before the fall of man. It's before the fall of man that God puts work in the heart of his creation because work is wonderful. God's a creator. He loves to make stuff. 20,000 types of butterfly. How extravagant is that? Astonishing. He just loves it. He goes, I'm going to have that one. I'm going to put spots on that one. That one I'm going to put eyes on. So everybody goes, woo, it's just a butterfly. Gotcha. Amazing. He just loves being creative. And work is his heart for humanity before the fall. The difference was when the fall came, it got difficult. It got sweaty. It got prickly. That's toil. But the heart of God is work. What do you love to do? For some reason, I never understand why my wife watches Bake Off. I mean, how's that ever going to be successful, a program about baking cakes, you know? No way is that going to work. It's like texting. That's another stupid idea that will never catch on. <laughs> she, she just loves being creative. She just loves that stuff, right? So what do you love to do with your hands? What do you love to bring into being that's in your heart? You think, I could I take a tatty old chair. There's Tom. Tom will take a tatty old chair and he'll go, I know what that can look like. I'm going to reupholster that and that is going to be fit for a king. And it will be by the time Tom's finished with it. Because he's a great upholsterer. Yeah? It's in his heart. God's put it in his heart and he's got a gift in his hands. He's developed the talents and the abilities and he makes it happen. And he goes, that was great. Do you know that reminds me of somebody? Didn't the Lord say, I made you? And I looked and I said, that was great. We're made in his image. So work is not toil. Work is a joy and a delight. And the workplace, the workplace is the Garden of Eden. It's the place where God is. It's the place of worship. The place of worship was the place of work. It was also where they lived. Why have we separated out? Worship, work and service. Why have we separated out Christian ministry from the workplace? What have we done? We must be bonkers. Because it was never, never God's thought. This is God's thought. Can we have that slide up there, please, Emily? Oh, one letter's fallen off the end of the Hebrew. Avoda. Can you say avoda? It sounds like avocado. But it's not. Avoda. Avoda means, it's one word, and it means... Worship. It means work. It means service. They're the same to God. Worship, work, service are the same to God. Why have we put barriers between them? Why have we separated them out? 
Why have we come up with a hierarchy that says you need to be paid by the church to have any value? It's rubbish. It's not right. Worship, work, service are a delight. They are all from God. And that's the word that spells it out. That word is first found in that reference I gave to you earlier, Genesis 2.15. God placed man in the garden to work it. God placed man in the garden to worship. God placed man in the garden to serve his creator and the whole of humanity. One word, three meanings. Three in one. Remind you of anything? God sees no difference between our work and worship. All of them are directed towards him. They're all ways of serving him. So our work and our worship should be seamless. It's our way of living. It's how we live. We all know what Joshua said at the end of the day. When everything had been done and now they're getting on with the promised land, he says, look, you've seen what God can do, but you've got to make a choice in your life who you're going to serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What's the word serve? Avoda. We will worship the Lord. We will work to bless him. We will serve the King of Kings in all that we do, whether it is a, an act of worship or a lifestyle of worship or the pots and the pans. It's all the workplace. Where do we get this idea of an act of worship from? Not from the Lord. There's only one person who would think what a good move to separate all of these things out and to reduce worship just to something you do on a Sunday. What a good idea to get everybody out of their communities and into a building for an hour a week so that that's what they do and they call it worship. There's only one person who would think that's a good idea. That isn't the Lord. It's no difference. As for me, says Joshua, I will avoda. I will work for. I will worship. I will serve the Lord. No sacred, secular divide. God is not looking for an act of worship, but a life of worship. No Sunday Christians. No hierarchy of holiness in the church or anywhere else. We're called to a life of service. And our work is whatever we turn our hands and our hearts towards. I just want to throw out a challenge to you. Is the work that you're doing just engaging your hands but not engaging your heart? Because it needs to engage both. Your work is an act of worship because God never separated them. Let's restore our work to make it an act of worship. Norton, when you take your beautiful photographs, they're an act of worship. And, and you know that because your heart sees these beautiful pictures. You see them in a fra fraction of a second through your viewfinder. You grab that and then you look at them back and you think, that's, that's captured something. It's captured something of the emotion. It's an act of worship. He's not worshipping photography. He's worshipping the Lord through photography. I get that. I love photography. So our workplace is wherever we find ourselves. It is wherever we serve. Your workplace could be a home, pots and pans, horse bells, holy to the Lord. It could be a school. It could be where you earn your living. It could be here and now. For me, here and now, this is my workplace. It's what I'm doing. I'm not earning a living, but I'm serving. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. God wants your work to be worship. He wants your workplace to be a place of worship, to fill your workplace with his glory, to bless the work that he's given you to do, for you to be a blessing to everyone around you. God wants his glory to flow into you and out through you to take the Eden he's put in your heart and make a world that's beautiful through it. Nothing short of that. Richard, your sculptures, 
that you do. You have these ideas, fellow, with stainless steel and rusty metal. Astonishing. And you produce these astonishing sculptures. Now, those are arts, okay? There's much more than that. Homemakers. You carry something in your heart and you want to make that in your home like that. Teachers. You look at a kid and you think, you could do better than this. And I won't get you to do better by saying you're not good enough. I'll get you to do better by raising you up. And the Lord looks at all of us and says, guys, you are so much bigger than you think. You are so much greater than you think. There is so much in you that just needs encouragement to bring it out. The Lord is serving you. But because God is love, the the object of his love is never just one person. God pours out and lavishes his love on you so you can lavish your love, his love, on others. Douglas and Karen have had my son Sam, 15, for uh, work experience in the workplace. These guys have a gift on them. They see the value of the people that come to them and they see what they can be and they breathe it into being. They are such encouragers. You are prophets in your workplace and I honour you for that. It's no difference to being up here. Okay, you are prophets in your workplace. In fact, you're kings in your workplace. You are ruling and reigning in your workplace just as God intended you to do, just as God called you to do, and it's wonderful. Mm. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says this, you are, not just will be, you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation belonging to God in order that you may declare his praises. So what's changed here? Everything. Because in the Old Testament, it was a separated out priesthood. You were born into it. You were a Levite. You're a priest. Not a Levite, you're not. You were separated out. It's changed. Eden has spread across the world. We are all priests. All of us. Not just those who are paid to do it. We are all priests. We are all called to rule and reign in our workplace. Because we are a royal priesthood your royalty by his grace guys we didn't deserve it but that's who he sees us as to spread one nation under christ to spread the good news to every nation because the whole world is the lord's not will be is they just don't know it yet it's our job to tell them So, I think the theology of this is astonishing. Avoda, come on, how wonderful. What about the practical application of it? (laughs) Let's get practical here, let's get real. What do we do now, having, having heard this, and I hope you've received it? What should our attitude be like in our workplace? Well, let's first of all recognize our workplaces wherever we serve. So it's the home for some of us. It's school for some of us. It's the place where we're paid for some of us. It's here and now. These chairs didn't get put out by themselves. You worship the Lord when you put the chairs out. It's what you're doing. What are you doing putting that chair out? I'm worshipping the Lord. You get it? <laughs> so what should we, our attitude be? Philippians 2, 14 to 15. Do everything. Everything. Everything, not just the so-called sacred things, because everything is sacred. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the world of life. Guys, we are intended to stand out. We are not intended to blend in. God is always looking for a peculiar people. 
Don't get fed up when you look in the mirror and think how peculiar you look. Just say, thank you, Lord, you made me that way. <laughs> We're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be, as Andrea, who must have read my notes this morning in the prayer meeting, said, we're supposed to be the difference that makes the difference. As somebody once said, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try going to sleep with a mosquito in the room. Ah, makes a difference. So what do we do in the so-called workplace, the place where we are paid to do what we do? We treat our employers as though they were the Lord. They may not know him. They may not behave like him. But that's the calling on our life because it's that that will make the difference. It's that that will extend the Eden that's in your heart across the world. Ephesians 6, 5 to 8, which we're not going to put up because I've got a very strange translation here from the, what is it? It's the Worldwide English New Testament. I like this. It says, servants, obey your boss. Respect him with all your heart and try to please him as you would Christ. Obey not just when he's looking at you as if you were pleasing just a man, but obey as servants of Christ and do with all your heart what God wants you to do. That's our attitude to our employer, whether they know the Lord or not, whether they're just or fair or not, whether they honour and value us or not, whether they pay us well enough or not, it's from the Lord. And if there's a gap between your wonderful service and their appreciation, then you've given it to God as a sacrifice and he sees it and he honours you. The message version says, don't just do what you've got to do to get by, but work heartily. Work with a smile on your face. And going back to that other version, it says, work gladly as if you were working for the Lord and not for men. So is, is, that, is that just a one-off in the New Testament? Is, is Paul off on one when he says that? Well, if he is, he's off on two because he does it again in Colossians. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Guys, we need to engage our hearts with our hands in what we're doing. And if you can't, get another job. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Not it is like, it is. So your service in your workplace is your act of worship. And we do it with all the diligence and love and passion that we do when we stand and praise. Whoever was it that separated out praise from work? It wasn't the Lord. So we treat everyone as though they were a Lord, the Lord. We need to be a servant to all, that is to those who pay us, to those that we pay, we serve them. And to those that the Lord has put beside us. Do you know, the scripture where Jesus says you need to love your neighbour as yourself, that was considered as radical. All right? So how should I treat you? Well, I don't just treat you, I don't just get my retaliation in first, okay? Put, because, you know, I can't trust you. So I get my retaliation. No, 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 no. The Lord says, no, no, no. Don't just treat him as he treats you. Treat him as you would wish him to treat you. Now, we think that's radical. Guys, it's not, not compared with this. Jesus stripped off, made himself the most menial servant in the entire place, got down with a bowl of water and a towel wrapped around him, close enough to smell the feet of his disciples after a long day's walking and washed them and said, that's what you do. You want to know how to love people? You want to know how to treat them? Like that. Like that. And Peter goes, whoa, no, no, stop, 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 stop. Come on, Peter. I have to do this to you and you have to do it to them. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, wash their feet. 
we, tr we need to treat everyone as though they were the Lord. Whether they know him or not, whether they appreciate you doing it or not, whether you get anything back from it in terms of value or not. Because Jesus said, and this is radical, and as much as you did it to the least of these of mine, you did it to me, not for me, to me. Who are the least of these of his? Well, the earth is the Lord's and everyone in it. There are lots of people who don't know that. And so in their eyes, they are the least of his because they don't even think they belong to him. So who are the least that we should serve? Those who don't yet know him. As though they were the Lord. Now, in the workplace, we're going to have trouble because we're not always rewarded well, because we're not always valued well, because sometimes the amazing goodwill this talks about is going to be used and abused. Sometimes people are very slow to pay. I'm a freelance. Aren't they, Tom? Slow to pay sometimes. You think, I wasn't slow to do the work. Why are you being slow to pay? <laughs> so there's a test of the heart that goes on all the time in all of this. And in our workplace, particularly when there's this connection between what we earn and what we do, Proverbs 4.23, you know, I've preached on it lots, to my mind, is one of the most important verses of Scripture. Above all else it begins, in which case, take note, guard your heart, because it is the wellspring of life. How is Eden going to spread across the whole of the earth if we let the springs of water dry up in Eden? If we don't steward it, maintain it, tend it. Whatever we do comes from our heart. God's not interested in what you do. He's interested in your character. Because you get that right, everything, 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 everything else will flow from that. What he wants to do is download his grace, his mercy, his strength, his power, his value. Everything that he is, that's his glory, folks. Into you, not just because you're the object of his love, but because love always gives so that you can look around you and see this one here needs. They need. I'm going to give to them. And that way the kingdom spreads. I was, um, I had a client that was a, a wonderful man of God working for a Christian organization. Respected him enormously. Really moved by him whenever he spoke. And I loved the work, but man alive, he was a terrible administrator. <laughs> I would do work for him. I'm working at home. I'd do work for him. I'd send it by email. No reply. I'd phone him up, leave a message on his answer phone because he'd never answer, never get back to me. And I'm thinking, I'm doing all of this work. You're paying me by the hour. It's not appearing anywhere because you're just not getting around to dealing with it. And I'm just getting frustrated with this. I'm thinking, why am I wasting my time? And not only that, but my rates are charity rates. I could charge more. There's all this stuff going on, right? And I just got, as I do sometimes, frustrated and pacing up and downy, you know, and kind of going, Lord! <laughs> and I felt the Lord say to me, Andrew, be a servant to my servants. <laughs> and my immediate response back was, but Lord, your servants are idiots! <laughs> and I felt this kind of chuckle in heaven, right? Because God's very gracious. And he said, yeah, Andrew, and you are too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And in that, and since then, actually, there's been a long, long, long upgrade of my heart going on. 
When God puts you in a tight place where you are not valued, you are not appreciated, you are not honoured as you should be, this is God going, I value you enough to upgrade your heart. And that's what he does. He upgrades your heart and that is not cheap and easy and it doesn't come through listening to a message. It comes, it's worked out. It's worked out. It's worked out and it's walked out in the spirit. I'm a writer. I write books. The last three books that I've written, only one of them has been published. The other two were not published and I can't see them being published. Not that there's anything wrong with them. The people I wrote them for were content with them but it just isn't going to happen for various reasons now that's years takes years to write and they're not always well paid sometimes they're not paid at all and on one of those I just had to say Lord I don't understand I know you wanted me to write this I know everybody's happy with what I've written apart from one And that's because of a mismatch somewhere between two other people, not me. But Lord, I just give it to you. It's just a sacrifice to you. I just give it to you. And I'm not taking it back by resenting it. Because the moment I resent it, I've taken it back. I give it to you. And I felt the Lord say to me, your book is being read in heaven. We have an audience of one. Just one that we have to please. And that's our Father in heaven. And if nobody else appreciates and values you or rewards you well and says, well done, thank you, or promotes you, if you feel overlooked and unappreciated, above all else, guard your heart. Because it's only the Father in heaven that actually matters and if God entrusts you in that situation of being disappointed and undervalued and unappreciated and mildly abused it's because it's time for your upgrade he looks at you and he says I trust that one we're going to go through this together and it will be all right because I've seen it's time for your upgrade and it isn't quick and it isn't cheap and it hurts but it's our worship. God is good. God is good. This is the heart of God. He wants to lift you up and to lift up others through you. His wellspring of life flows through your heart. And this is what he says about all of his people. Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God, your audience of one, the only one that matters, If you carefully follow all his commands that I give to you today, then the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 12. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands. God's heart's desire is to bless the works of your hands. And he will do it if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them. You will always be at the top and never at the bottom. So could we stand, please? We're going to spend a little bit of... uh, Kai, could you come up here and tinkle on the ivories, please? We're going to... um, We're going to do some business with God now. Okay, because, you know, we can be hearers only, but that's useless. We need to be people who work out and live out what God tells us to do. And it begins by recognizing the moment, recognizing when the Lord's speaking to you and saying, yes, Lord. And then it continues with agreeing with others in prayer about what God has said. And then it goes into the way in which we live. Can we put up the... Second Avoda slide, please. Today, the Lord can set you free and will 
to be the people that we're called to be, the person that you are called to be, free from accusations of falling short, free to enjoy new fruitfulness in our lives. If you look at the works of your hands, just have a look at your hands for a second. You know what the works of your hands are. Do you consider those works blessed? Or have you sown much and reaped little? God can change all of that. But we need to nail a lie. We need to nail the lie that in your place of payment, where you're paid for what you do, it's because you've fallen short and you weren't good enough to work and be paid for by the church. It's garbage. It's garbage. Get cross with that. God's put you in the second league because you weren't good enough for the top league. It's rubbish. You've got an enemy who's lying to you. Get angry with him because God is blessing the works of your hands. And he's jealous of you. The enemy is jealous of the intimacy you have with the creator. And he wants to make your heart hard. He wants to sour it for you. Well, we're going to nail that lie. If there's anything in you that just thinks... Well, Lord, I fell short. I missed it. Whatever I'm doing now, I just, I was an accident I fell into. I just missed your best. No. God will bless the works of your hands. We need to be obedient. And maybe the Lord's calling us to a fresh step of faith today. But let's just now the lie that we've fallen short. The Lord wants to bring about a breakthrough in our workplace and a breakthrough in our hearts. You know, this feeling, if any of us have it, that somehow because we work for a living outside the church, it's second rate. That is a religious spirit. Kick it out. It's rubbish. Here's another lie we need to let go of, maybe. The lie may be that we're not valued because the church doesn't recognize our gifts enough to pay for them. It's a lie. Does that ring any chords with anybody? Where has that come from? That's a spirit of resentment and that's a spirit of inferiority. And they come from the enemy. Sin crouches outside your door, it says in Genesis, but you must master it. It's a lie. Kick it out. So we're just going to do business with that for a moment. Let's lift your hands to the Lord. Father, as for us and our house, we will avoda the Lord. We will worship, we will work and we will serve the Lord. And we command any religious spirit that says we're just not good enough to get out in Jesus' name. We command any spirit of resentment and inferiority to get out in Jesus' name because we are blessed and God has blessed the works of our hands. God has made us the head and not the tail by his grace and we receive his grace given freely to us in Jesus' name. If you're looking for a breakthrough now in your workplace, whatever that is, the place of your service, if you're looking now for a breakthrough in your workplace, Just focus on that for a second and just tell the Lord, what is that breakthrough you're looking for? What are you looking for? It might be in your home. It might be in your school. It might be where you're paid. It might be in church. Who knows? Wherever we worship, work and serve. If you're looking for a breakthrough, what is it? Name it. 
for God to break out through us, that breakthrough has to begin in our attitudes. So give God your workplace and give him the attitude of your heart there because he wants to pour his grace and his mercy into you so that you can pour it out into your workplace. Give him the attitude of your heart. Has your heart become constricted by disappointment or anything else? Then let's reconnect our hands that work with our hearts. Let's reconnect our passion with our labor. And you might think, I don't know how that's going to happen. Well, it doesn't matter. The Lord does. The Lord does. Lord, grant me a willing heart. You've already given me a new heart, Lord God. I choose today for my heart to be willing that I may worship you, that I may serve you, that I may honor you. Lord, I give you my heart and I proclaim it willing in Jesus' name. Renew my hope, Lord, for what you're going to do through me in my place of service, my workplace. Maybe you need to tell God that you're willing to be a servant to his servants, even when they're idiots. (laughs) And even those awkward ones who don't know him yet. And those even more awkward ones who do know him but just don't act like it. Listen, get your heart willing. Very simple thing to do. Whoever is in your mind now as being the grr person, (laughs) set yourself to pray for them. Okay, that person has shortcomings and you're offended by them. Forgive them. Let go of the offense. You've got to do that. It's not an option. It is a choice, but it's not an option. You have to forgive. Let go of the offendedness. Now, pray for them. Whatever their shortcoming is, Just pour it out from heaven on them, Lord. Father God, make him the best administrator in the building. Give him the space and the time to be able to answer his mail. Whatever it is, just bless him now in Jesus' name. Bless the person that you feel constricts you and doesn't value you enough. Bless them. Bless them practically with whatever they need. Don't judge them. Pour it out from them, on them from heaven. What do they lack? Pour it out. Bless them. Bless them so they can become abundant where they once lacked. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them what was the area of breakthrough that you've been praying for this morning and what was the attitude of your heart that needed to change and just agree with one another in prayer. Why am I pushing this point? Because we need to do business with God. An agreement in prayer is really powerful. What is the breakthrough you've asked God for? And what is the attitude of your heart that needed to change? But can I encourage you to continue to stand because we're going to receive something very particular from God now. For God to break out through us, we have to first let him break through in us. We need to learn to receive from God and not just ask. God has called us and so he will anoint us and fulfill that calling. Hebrews 13 verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. When we receive from God, we need to be active 
not passive. Engaged, not disengaged. Passionate, not indifferent. And if you could just look at me for a second, something I'm learning to do is to choose to receive from God. We can bless God with our hands, but we also receive from God with our hands. So he will bless you with all that you need, all the grace that you need to turn your workplace into something wonderful, to see breakthrough in your lives. And I just want you just to receive it from him. For me, I find it helps just to do this. It's just me, guys. I'm odd like this. But I'm receiving from heaven the anointing that I need and the grace that I need to do the works that he's called me to do. This for me is an act of faith just to take it from heaven and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for breakthrough in my workplace. Thank you for breakthrough in my place of service. Thank you for a new connection between my heart and the works of my hands. Thank you, Lord God, that you have put me here to be the difference that makes a difference, to be a change maker, to change an environment, to change a workplace, to change a world. I thank you, Lord, that you have spoken significance over my life and you equip me through the person you've called me to be. That's your word and I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.